Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. That's Aaron Taylor. Aaron, good morning. Thanks for joining us. How are you? What's up, man? Um, I, quite frankly, I thought I was a little bit more than one of Brian's TV buddies, but whatever. Well, <laughs> he tries to undersell your friendship. I mean, every time well, I bring up uh, Aaron's coming on, you excited. Hell no, I want to talk to him, man. So... <laughs> It's it's tough for me to judge how close you guys really are. Well, then why did he ask me for my Letterman jacket? <laughs> I was cold. <laughs> uh, so we were we were having a discussion earlier this week on the show. Brian had a disagreement uh, with me about you know how upset Notre Dame fans should be over the loss to Georgia and. I, I understand their frustration, and I understand why they're upset, even though it was a close game, it's a one-point loss, because, I mean, you come off the season you had last year, you just don't want to see it happen again, and they're afraid it's going to happen again. Brian did the whole chill the hell out thing, you're going to be fine, Brian Kelly's fine. Uh, where do you stand in the, the panic meter of Notre Dame right now? I, I, I'm not panicked at all. I think I'm probably uh, scarily in agreement with BJ. I'm not coming into this year that uh, Notre Dame was a team that's built, you know, to win at least eight games. It kind of flipped that four and eight to eight and four this year. I think we're going to see this Georgia team go on to win the East. I think that they are playing unbelievable defense. They've got tremendous speed uh, in the back end. They're linebackers. They're back end all the way back there with the DBs. And then the power that they played with up front, uh, at times going toe-to-toe, if not dominating Notre Dame's offensive line. Now, I'll say this, Mike McGlinchey, the left tackle, got beat uh, on the last play of the game. Other than that, he played pretty dang well, as did Quentin Nelson, their left guard. So there are a lot of elements of Notre Dame's team that still lead me to believe that they could win eight games. They just got to be able to put it together. Brandon Winbush, I think it's still moving a little bit fast for him, the new quarterback that's starting this year. There were some reads in the run game and in the pass game that, just weren't where they need to be. I was encouraged by the defense. If I could say that, they held a Georgia team with two pretty good running backs, both under 100 yards and uh, to only 20 total points. So I think the thing that has Notre Dame fans upset, fellas, is that they're getting ready to get ready, right? Like my mom always used to say, your actions speak so loudly, I can hardly hear what you're saying. The reality is Notre Dame is 1-9 in their last 10 one-possession games. They just haven't won close games under Brian Kelly, and I think that's why people saw that Georgia game as maybe more the same. Well, let's go back to that offensive line, and of course you annually award the Joe Moore Award to the best offensive line in in college football, and I thought the tricky part for the O-line for Notre Dame was the fact they couldn't catch up to the stunts and games up front, the speed of the defensive linemen that Georgia employed, including their linebackers, that entire uh, front seven, they were so fast. And then the games they were running up there, that just put that old line of Notre Dame in a tizzy. Did you see it the same way? Yeah, movement is always a problem for offensive linemen, that pre-stamp stuff. Uh, and, and they also did a little too much of trying to block punches with their mouth 
Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> when it was one on one, but. Uh, Harry Heastan, Notre Dame's offensive line coach, is among the best in the country. They've got some good players. They've got a new coordinator, Chip Long. Uh, philosophically, I love what he brings to the table. They, uh, it was a really big test out of the gate against a Georgia team, again, that I think looks poised to win the East, um, although this is you know perfect for Florida to win three in a row. They look terrible and, and would probably do so. Who knows with that team? But um, the movement is always a problem for offensive linemen because – Without question, the defense, and particularly defensive linemen, are more athletic than we are. The one advantage we have is the snap count, so we can nullify some of that speed. But when you're playing an elite front, and I agree with you, BJ, particularly at the linebacker position, I don't think I fully appreciated how much speed they had there. When you stunt and spike on the snap of the ball, the offensive lineman, it causes hesitation, and you just can't do that in the run game. And that's what Notre Dame did, and that's why they struggled to run the way they wanted to. Gio and Jones with Aaron Taylor of CBS Sports Network on CBS Sports Radio. Uh, Auburn had a real tough time doing anything offensively. Of course, we know about the 11 sacks and that a dominant defensive performance by Clemson. But this is definitely a trend with Gus Malzahn uh, in this team and that offense because if you look back, when they play good teams, they don't do anything offensively. Whereas Alabama last year, 12 points. Georgia last year, 7 points. Uh, Clemson last year, 13 points. There's just... A lot of examples of this offense having big problems against good teams where that wasn't always the case. Uh, do you believe that this Auburn offense can be good enough against the best of the competition to make noise in 2017 still? No, I don't. Not based on what I saw offensively. Here's the deal. When Gus Malzahn's teams are humming, they've got a Cam Newton or a Nick Marshall. They've got a dynamic playmaker at the quarterback position that can threaten with his legs. That entire offense is predicated upon that. The shifts, the trades, the motions, the eye candy, trying to get the defense to, to get sugared and, and follow somebody uh, and then come back and hit them with some misdirection. All of that is predicated on the fact that you can tuck the ball as a quarterback and get 17 yards running up the gut before they know what hit them. And then you add tempo on top of that, plus a big physical offensive line. Now you've got real problems trying to stop them. It was interesting. I, I looked at what it takes to win championships over the last, you know, all the way back really to the uh, BCS era, 1998. The average total defensive rank is 11 if you have won the national championship. So it takes defense to win championships. What was interesting to me is that the one outlier was Auburn in 2010, and that mm-hmm. was with Cam Newton, and their defense was 60th. So the year that they won the national championship, they were pro, so prolific offensively, they didn't even have to play defense. And until Auburn can get back to that level of play on the offensive side of the ball, they don't have a shot. So no shot whatsoever. You, you don't, you're not buying what Kevin Steele is doing on the defensive side of the ball. You hold, although they, they're breaking a new quarterback, Clemson to 14 points. I still think that defense, like Florida State, even though they lost to Alabama, are championship quality. I, I agree, BJ. I think anytime you've got a defense, you've got a chance. But we're specifically talking about Auburn. Yeah. And we saw last weekend what happens if you can't be balanced a little bit offensively. Because the bottom line is yeah. this. Clemson isn't a juggernaut offensively. The difference in that game was that Clemson got into the red zone twice and scored two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Auburn got in the red zone twice and kicked two field goals. Game yeah. over. It was 14-6. Defense gives you a shot, but you've got to be able to make plays when you need to offensively. And you're not going to do that, giving up 11 sacks because you don't have a run game. Carry on Johnson not being there certainly didn't help things. Yeah. But, I, yeah, they've got a shot. But do I think they do it? No. No, I, I would agree with that assessment. USC, uh, you didn't think they had a shot going up against Stanford. Stanford's a physical football team. But USC was able to match 
that physicalness. And uh, how about my Longhorns? They have a shot. Man, I <laughs> nailed that. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! Um, I, you know, it's the man. I got like kind of my spidey sense up for this. Like, this is a perfect game for Tom Herman to win, man. Like, this is where he wants them. They're being overlooked. USC's coming off a big dominant win over a, a rival and in, in a conference opponent they haven't been able to beat. It's kind of been the thorn in their side. This is a classic trap game. Now, it's in L.A., which I think is going to bode well for the Trojans. But I think, to your point, man, they're an offense trying to figure out what their identity is. They've had some issues and some injuries at the quarterback position. I know that Ellinger is probably going to get that role and, and play a little bit with Bichelle being out. I like Bichelle. I think he's a good quarterback. But it was the defense that was disappointing to me and not tackling in space, not being physical. Um, just, I, I don't know, something was missing off that team and the whole pixie dust thing. Uh, I, I don't know if there's anything to that. And I got some backstory on that we'll share off air, though. That's, it's, re, it's really interesting on kind of what the what the iceberg was underneath the tip that popped up underneath the water. But mm-hmm. um, I, I think they've got a shot. USC, the bottom line is, man, with that offensive line playing the way it is and a defense that's undersized but out-muscled Stanford at the point of attack, who I know for a fact has a good physical offensive line and a great run game, I think it's going to be really hard for the Longhorns to jump on a plane and come out west and beat the Trojans. Gio and Jones and Aaron Taylor talking some college football. Did you think Baker Mayfield needed to apologize for planting the flag at the 50-yard line at Ohio State? Hell no. (laughs) That's it. And and he was definitely told by someone there, right, whether it was Lincoln Riley or, or someone above. I don't think he needed to do it, but I understand it, right? It's a good PR move, especially with him probably uh, the leader of the pack in the Heisman race right now. Mm. They're absolutely going to be a national contender. It's good business, so to speak. But it it was part of the motivation from a year ago when Ohio State went in and sung their alma mater uh, there in Norman. I think there was some bad memories about that, and there was a classic case of how does my flag taste, Oklahoma. I hear you, man. Now, uh, Tennessee, they got some revenge on a team. Their rival, Florida, last year hadn't beaten them in 11 or 12 years. How do you see this one shaking out? It's interesting, man. These uh, Neither of these teams are very good and haven't been good against top 25 competition uh, the last several years. Um, the East has been a mess. I, it's hard to call on this game. We saw in week one Tennessee get absolutely run through by Georgia Tech and, and Again, the issues they had stopping the run from a year ago carried over, and part of that is circumstantial with them being injured once again on that side of the ball. I think there's some good elements to to their offense. I think I would feature the run game if I was them. Um, Dormady did a good job distributing the ball. The receivers, we were having a good laugh about it. BJ got to do a better job of catching it. They they would all be fantastic DBs and would lead the country in pass (laughs) breakups, except except they were running pass routes. I like Tennessee in this game, Florida. It's hard to tell, man. This is a tough one because of the cancellation. They didn't get a chance to get that bad taste out of their mouth after Michigan. And it's important when you're a young player to get some reps to build that confidence. It's one thing doing against your scout team in practice, but you need some real live action, and that's hard to simulate in practice. So I give a slight edge to Tennessee, but, again, it wouldn't surprise me at all if Florida found a way to win an ugly game because that's what they did all last year and won the SEC East doing so. If you were Urban Meyer, would you make a change at quarterback? 
No, I wouldn't. I would change the way I'm using my quarterback. Mm-hmm. JT Barrett is playing scared, man. He's playing tentative. He's playing safe. He, he, you know what? It, it, as I was watching that game, he reminded me of my senior year when I was playing left tackle. We played Northwestern. I was in a right-handed stance. I wasn't comfortable with what I was doing. I was thinking I wanted to be perfect. Everybody was thinking, oh, man, Aaron Taylor should come out as a junior, and I decided to stay. Well, I needed to stay. I wasn't ready, and I was in my head, man. And I saw Skip Holtz, who was our wide receiver coach at the time, who's now the head coach of Louisiana Tech. He was walking down the hall, and he said, hey, man, how you doing? I said, oh, man, yes, you saw the game. I said, I was, I was thinking about this and thinking about that. So he said, hey, man, do this. Put your left foot forward, put your right arm back. Put your right foot forward, put your left arm back. Put your left foot forward, put your right arm back. And he looked at me and said, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't know. He said, you're walking, but you're thinking about walking. Aaron, just walk. And then I easily strode. And he said, that's what you need to do. You need to stop thinking and just go play. Have some damn fun. You know what to do. I think JT Barrett needs to have fun, fellas. He's playing tight. He's playing conservative. I don't know if he's confident in executing the offense that Kevin Wilson is having him do. We've seen him be masterful when he uses his legs. He's a, I won't say he's a terrible passer, but he's an average quarterback passer at best. They got to use him in a different capacity than they're trying to use him. Feature the run game with junk cut Dobbins and let him do his thing behind that offensive line. And if we can free JT Barrett, I think Ohio State will be okay off that. Free Carly and free JT. There you go. There we go. (laughs) You got it, baby. Uh, LSU, Mississippi State. You had Mississippi State's game. You called that last week versus La Tech, the third and forever on um, third down. Did you guys see that play? It was what? First and goal or something like that, and they end up with third and 93. Yeah. Unbelievable. Holy roller. Yeah, exactly. So you saw Nick Fitzgerald, Heisman Dark Horse. Uh, What chances does he and this uh, Bulldog offense have against Dave Aranda's LSU D? Well, I tell you what, a better chance than I think they've had maybe quite some time, and the difference I think is going to be Todd Grantham on the defensive side of the ball. Everywhere he's been, he's, he's created a high level of play for those defensive players. And what you're seeing on tape, man, is those guys running to the football. Those guys playing more physical than they played in quite some time. He's got some D linemen there that are young that bring some junk now. You better buckle your junk when you're going up against Mississippi State defensively. they got some length on the back end. That's really going to help them. And I think there's a little bit more balance there this year for them on that defensive side of the ball. And you mentioned Nick Fitzgerald, man. I, I started watching tape, kind of doing some pre-scouting once our schedule came out over the summer. And I don't think I appreciated how fast he was. Like, he's not real quick, like make you miss in the hole. But if he gets into the open field, there's very few players he's not going to outrun. He's got a very uh, high-end top speed. So that's going to bode him well. Uh, Mullen told me he doesn't want to run him in between the tackles as much as like you would a Tebow who was power, who was running counter and those sort of things. He's more of an edge rusher. He can certainly keep his eyes downfield and pull the ball and get you a first down. He did that a couple times in our game if you need it well. But I think we all saw what we saw out of LSU. They have a vertical pass game. They're run and run, play action over the top. Got a quarterback that can complete some balls. And once again, man, their defense, that has been their calling card. As physical as they've been on the offensive side of the ball and being running back you and turning out all those big offensive lines and great receivers, the one thing that they've been able to do is make some noise on that other side. And I think by the time it's all said and done, LSU could have the best back four in the country. And they get the Arden Key back at that outside linebacker position this week. I, I think a new we segment. We all love him. 
Yeah. I think a new segment is born on Inside College Football. Buckle your junk. I mean, make sure buckle that your make sure that that jock is tight. I can hear Zucker now. <laughs> Time for buckle your junk. <laughs> Randy, <laughs> you first. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. It's all buckled up. <laughs> I mean, that is just perfect. Aaron, thanks, man. That's the kind of stuff you get at Notre Dame, man. You know, when you actually go to class, it's junk you, buckling. You, yes, one on one. How to buckle. Buckle your hey, junk. I, I wore a jock my whole time in Notre Dame. In fact, I'm sitting here on my couch just wearing just a jock. Right <laughs> oh, now. That's, I'm all about buckling. Oh, that is so nasty and gross. <laughs> that means your ass is exposed. I feel sorry for the cushions on your couch. I'm sitting on a wet nap. What you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you are God. a nasty motherfucker. Hey, which game do you have this week? You Wyoming? You have Josh Allen and uh, Oregon, right? Yeah, man. I'll tell you what, Willie Taggart has, has changed that program already. Yep. And anytime a head coach gets hired, it, but there's a reason, right? It's not because it's all cinnamon buns and now and laters in the program. So he's done a really nice job. And I think his he, he says his best recruit was keeping Royce Freeman to stay. I disagree. I think it's keeping Jim Levitt, the defensive coordinator, yeah. recruiting him back over. Yep. Because these are just like with Colorado, man, a bunch of undersized, no-name guys that you don't know anything about that are playing – uh, above their level of play already at this point, and they've got some young talent. They got a freshman quarterback or a cornerback. Quarterback. Or, well, Justin Herbert is like. Here's the deal: there's yeah. going to be an NFL quarterback on the field, and I know Josh Allen's gotten a lot of attention, but you got to tune in to watch Justin Herbert. Yeah. He may have the highest ceiling of any quarterback that I've seen coming out of the Pac-12, but certainly on the field on Saturday. Now, I'm not saying he's better than Josh Rosen and Sam Darnold, no sort of things, but you want to talk about a dark horse for being one of the better quarterbacks in the country. I'm really looking forward to seeing him up close and personal and, and helping the country understand just how talented he is. I think he's got a bright, bright future, and I think Oregon is back to compete for national championships within the next two years. I would agree with that. I think that, that DB is, is Thompson. He has a couple of picks, and the linebacker, Ty, he had a big game versus uh, Nebraska last week. Yeah, Troy died, number 35, converted safety, then went to outside linebacker. Now they moved him to inside linebacker. Mm -hmm. He talked to the kid. He's bright. He's smart. He's articulate. He's the anti-Brian Jones. <laughs> <laughs> I like used I to be. <laughs> Have fun with that wet nap. Yeah, right. We got to let him go. It's probably cold over there. So. <laughs> See you, Aaron. Thanks right, for the boy. time. <laughs> now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade used with permission.